It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad. So, again, multiple reports tonight that the NHL will pause the season on Wednesday. So there will be no games on the 22nd and 23rd. This is obviously several games have already been postponed anyway. But the NHL will pause the season on Wednesday, and then players will return to team facilities on Boxing Day. That's one day earlier than usual, so the testing can be resumed. Elliot Friedman also Putting this out, he says, according to the memo sent to the teams and players, the schedule resumes Monday, December 27th. Also, upon return from the holiday break to team facilities, no individual in the team's traveling party shall enter other than for testing purposes until they have a negative test result. So uh, that all indicates that the Oilers and everybody else would be back at it on the 27th. Edmonton and Calgary right now is the next game on the schedule for uh, for the Oilers. So, of course, uh, it's an ongoing situation, but that's what we're looking at right now. The only game on the ice this evening is uh, into the second period. Early in the second period, Stars lead the Wild 3-2. Monday night football, five seconds left in the first half. Vikings up 10-3 on the Bears. There was a game this afternoon that saw the Raiders beat the Browns 16-14. A couple of games tomorrow that were pushed back from Sunday. Washington's going to play at Philadelphia, and Seattle will play at the Los Angeles Rams. Nurse and Lagason went into COVID protocol today for the Oilers, who are uh, not going to be doing anything this week. And Caden Gooley, the Sherwood Park kid, plays for the Edmonton Oil Kings, has been named the captain of Canada's World Junior Team. They're going to have a pre-tournament game on the uh, 23rd at 5 o'clock at Rogers Place against Russia. Jake Neighbors, also of the Oil Kings, has been named an alternate captain for Team Canada. We got a hockey card hour going on. Uh, we got a text here, seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Kellen, you said Les has written in with a hockey card story? Yes, it's actually a couple of hockey card stories. So his most valuable card he ever owned was the Gretzky rookie card. Everybody has, has seen that one in the past and what it looks like. Unfortunately, he lost it in the Slave Lake fires back in 2011 uh, with everything else that he owned at that time. Uh, not the worst that has happened to him, though. Uh, his dad had a garage sale when he was in a rig camp in the late 80s over 1000 old hockey cards gonzo oh my god yep okay sorry did you see the, what was the part with the dad yeah so his dad had a garage sale while uh, les was away working in a rig camp in the late 80s and apparently over 1000 old hockey cards gone during that oh garage goodness. sale well, I imagine this next gentleman has heard stories like that in his illustrious career. The owner of Wayne's Sports Cards, Wayne Wagner, is on the show. Uh, Wayne, were you cringing a little bit when you heard that? I always do. Uh, you never hate. You, you absolutely hate hearing stories like that. Um, 
you know, these are cherished possessions of a lot of people. They're the reasons they do what they do. They collect these cards. They cherish the cards. They have their favorites. And when they lose stuff like that, it, it's heartbreaking. It really is. Yeah, that's uh, that's a tough one for sure. Okay, uh, let me just give, because I feel like you're such an institution in Edmonton, uh, and everybody knows, like, oh, yeah, Wayne Sports Cards. But let's let's get the tale. How did you, why, how did you start the store? Did you ever think you'd be going over many years? <laughs> it's been since. <laughs> uh, it's, a, it's a great question, and I love talking about it. Um, you know, back when I was four years old, uh, my dad had some cards. I don't think he was really a collector. Uh, he just had these cards, and I remember him handing me his cards, and I think it was more or less just, hey, son, take a look at these. And I remember running to my room, and I'm sure the expression on his face was, oh, I just lost those. Um, and and that's where it started. I, I just I fell in love with, you know, the cards and the fascination of having these players on cardboard. And I would watch the games, and I'd have the cards of the players in front of me, and I'd look over, you know, flip the stats and read the stats as the player was on the ice. Um, it was just something I really enjoyed doing. Uh, you know, the store was secondary. I've always wanted to run my own business. It was something that, uh, you know, I went to Nate and took the business, uh, got my degrees and came out and said, geez, I know I'd really like to run my own business. And, you know, the epiphany came like, wow, why not do something you enjoy uh, and transform it into that? And it, and it came at the right time. Uh, it was, and I, and I heard Ken talk about it. Uh, it came at the time of the, uh, you know, the... I don't want to call it crap wax because uh, that's what a lot of people refer to it as. Um, but, uh, you know, that, that was the years we, we did open up. And, and, you know, it was tough. It was really tough at that point in time. But that's, uh, that's how we, uh, we got going. Well, and, you know, I was in the store a few weeks ago. And I, I, it just struck me, I mean, everybody's in a good mood. Like, it's a, it, your store is a place people go because they want to feel happy and either it's a hobby or a bit of escapism or or all of the above right i mean i i just and i know it's i guess it's work for you but i was just thought like there's so much positive energy here it it is work Uh, there's there's no question about anybody will will attest to that when you run your own business uh you know whether it's something you enjoy doing or it or whatever it it is work but having said that it's a lot of fun sharing stories with people that walk in the store, uh, you know, good or bad. You know, you don't hear, you want to hear about the, the burnt cards in house fires or anything like that, but there's always stories exchanged, uh, you know, whether somebody's found their favorite card or, uh, you know, realize the value of a card. There's always some type of story and, and even sporting events create these, these stories in the shop as well. So it's, it is a lot of fun. So, I don't. I don't know if you would have exact numbers, but for your clientele, and I know you you have stuff beyond cards, but I think you know you do obviously have a lot of cards. When are your customers primarily collectors, or do you still get a lot of casual people, uh, or you know people trying to get into the hobby? What's the balance there? Boy, that's giving away my age. But we've been in business for 31 years, and and we see a ton of people, whether it's just the casual person walking by saying they'd heard of the shop and and are curious. Uh, As you mentioned, we do carry a lot of stuff, and and I want to take a step back and and don't let 
Ken Bashy with the comics. There is absolutely nothing wrong with comics. Uh, I'm, I'm a comic collector myself, and that was my second passion. I started back when I was seven comics as well, so don't let Ken Bashy on that. But uh, it, it's, you know, we see everything from the hardcore collectors to the people just getting started to the casual person just curious to what's going on. Uh, we see it all. Yeah, okay, well, that's pretty cool. Well, and what struck me was that whole one wall of the store are cards going back, like, how how many, because I, I, I don't think he's listening, so I'll, I'll say it. I got a, I, I went to your store, and I bought my buddy a pack of 20, I've got him a few packs of 2016 CFL cards, right? So people can go there, like, so how, how far back you go with those unopened packs? Quite a way. So that was something that when we first opened the store back in 1990, that's exactly what I wanted to do is just have as many choices as we could possibly have in, in trading cards. And, you know, even at that point in time when there wasn't the plethora of cards we're seeing today, we had well over 500 different varieties of cards. And that included non-sport, baseball, entertainment, you know, hockey, baseball, everything. Uh, So we have cards that go back into the 70s right now. Now, hockey, we have the earliest box we have is 1984, I believe. Um, But going back to some of the entertainment stuff, we have packs that go back into the early and and mid-70s. Really? So what would that be? What what, what would be on those cards? King Kong is one of them. It's a 1976 King Kong. We have those packs in stock. Um, I think there's Partridge Family. There's Bionic Woman. Um, there's a whole bunch of, of odds and ends like that that go back to, like I said, the early and mid, uh, mid-70s. mid Oh, that is amazing. Okay, well, we're opening a few doors here. I'll bring it back to the sports stuff. <laughs> I, had no, I had no idea there were Partridge family trading cards, but I guess I should have known better. Okay. If, they, if they have a license, they will put it on a card, let me tell you. All right, so, look, we're in Canada, and we're in a hockey-crazed city. But in the whole market of sports cards, does, does baseball still trump hockey for popularity, or how, how would that break down? Well, it's it's the reverse role. So in in the United States, baseball is number one. There's there's no question about it. And and basketball and uh, football have made some big strides in the market with the uh, you know the amount of rookies that have come out lately with you know Doncic in in basketball and uh, you know. Um, in football, you've got the Mahomes and, and all these kids popping up. So football and basketball have made strides, but baseball is still number one. Uh, and in Canada, it's hockey. Uh, baseball does sell, football does sell, basketball does sell, but the number one selling sports card for us in Canada definitely is hockey. All right. So besides McDavid, who are some of the, the guys whose cards would be sought after nowadays? usual suspects uh you know the Sidney crosby's alexander ovechkins uh, austin matthews you can even go further back everybody still wants their wayne gretzky's their gordy house their bobby yours so there's really no finite number of of players that get collected obviously if you're in edmonton everybody wants your dry saddles and mcdavid's that's for sure Right. Wayne Wagner joining us from Wayne Sports Cards that are inside sports as we're having some fun here with a uh, with a hockey card hour. So let's say there might be somebody listening who is, you know, maybe middle aged who might be saying, OK, I, I collected from when I was like, you know, 12 to 20 and then I stopped. 
So they maybe got a few thousand cards packed away in a box or in the basement or, or whatever. Um, if they want to get values of those or think about selling them, w- w- where do they go? How do they even begin? Well, they're, again, a loaded question. And I wish you had an eight-hour show we could sit and talk because <laughs> there, you can branch out in so many different directions, uh, you know, when we're talking cards. Um, but with values of cards... There's a lot of factors that go into it. So first off, the age sometimes has a big bearing on it, whether you're talking 30s, 40s, 50s, as I heard Ken allude to as well. Uh, you know, there's a lot of big values between your Gretzky rookies and your Gordy Howe rookies. You can even step further back to Charlie Conacher back in the 30s. A lot of those cards have some significant value. That being said, there's a lot of current cards that have significant values. And again, he alluded to a Connor McDavid card. And I'm going to guess that the McDavid card that he's talking about was from the 2015-16 Cup, and I think it's probably the card that was numbered to his jersey number. It was number 97 of 99, his rookie card, which is autographed and had a jersey patch in it. Um, ironically enough, that card actually came from our store, and it is it has been switched hands numerous times, but that card does, uh, does have a current value of about $250,000. So you can see that it doesn't have to be old to be worth money. So saying all I did with the old and the new, shape is another contingency to make a card have its value. Uh, if it's got bends or creases or stains or, uh, you know, pencil marks or whatever it is on the card, it's going to devalue the item that you have. So you want to have it as crisp as it possibly can be. And that doesn't mean as soon as it comes out of the pack, it's in perfect shape. If it was that easy, I think all of us would be retired. <laughs> so it is, it, is, it is something that cards have to be in pristine shape. And I, I can't tell you, you know, how many times, Reed, I've heard somebody phone in and say, my card is in perfect shape. And they bring it in, and sure enough, it looks like it's been crumpled in the hand, you know, in somebody's hand and bent in four corners. Uh, so it is, that is one of the crucial factors as well. So if somebody's getting into the hobby, how would you recommend they protect their cards? Well, to get started, you, you just want to get a sense of what you have. So there's so many ways to at least start that way. There's there's a price guide you can buy. It's the Beckett price guide you can buy to, to look up your values. Uh, you can use other reference points like eBay and other selling platforms that can, you know, can help guide you to approximately where the values are. And again, never take the high extreme or the low low because that's not really the guiding factor. It's kind of the in-between to protect your assets, it's like anything. If you want to protect your car, you put some wax on it. You know, keep it clean, keep it washed with cards. There, there's no overprotection that you can do. You want to make sure you put it in sleeves, put it in cases. Don't handle the items on a regular basis. The more it's handled, the more chance you have to deface it or, or you know, obviously put a crease in the card. Okay, uh, that makes that makes sense for sure. I, I'm going to throw another one at you, and we I, we're going to have to do this again because you mentioned an eight-hour show. I, I think we're going to have to do this again. This is fun. So I remember, was it was it McNall, Candy, and Gretzky had that Honus Wagner card about 30 years ago, and that was the the, the big thing. And I think that card might still pop up some days. Like, is there or, or is there a, a card that it occupies that space now where it's like the the holy grail card that you could auction it off for hundreds of thousands or even in the millions well i think that's what we've 
we've we've kind of come to now in terms of the values of cards and comics. And again, I heard a little bit of the discussion with Ken where it wasn't too long ago, and, and I'm going to remove myself from the equation because I've never been afraid to, to talk about it, and, and all my friends will know this. I've never been afraid to tell people I collect comics and cards. It's, it's always been something I've done. I played hockey all my life and collected comics and cards all my life. But it was one of those things back in, I will say, the, you know, the 80s where you didn't exactly want to run around bragging that you had a collection of cards or comics in your house. Uh, nowadays, it's a different story. If you aren't telling people you have comics and cards, they might think you're a little crazy because it has become, I don't want to say the way of the future, that sounds kind of bold, but it is. it has gotten to a point where people are starting to see some crazy values out of these cards. Uh, and the card you alluded to, the Gretzky McNall card that they bought, the Honus Wagner, um, that card has exchanged numerous times. Um, and I can't remember exactly where it was at in terms of value, um, but I can use another example. There was a comic, an action comics number one, that was, it was originally owned by, um, oh, I'm going to forget his name. It was an actor. Um, but anyway, he, he owned this comic. Nicholas Cage, there we go. It just came right. to me. Nicholas so Cage. For people who don't know, that's the first appearance of Superman. That's correct. And, you know, he originally bought the book for, I think it was $400,000. There was a long story behind it, which I'm not going to bore everybody with, but it ended up being sold for a million. The person that bought it for a million flipped it for 1.4 million. The person who bought it for 1.4 million flipped it for 1.8. Just recently, it was flipped for 2.4 million. So you can see kind of what's it's exactly what's happening in this marketplace. And even that Connor McDavid that I mentioned to you that was pulled out of our store. The customer that originally pulled it from our store pulled it out of a pack of cards. He sold it for seventeen thousand. The person that bought it for seventeen thousand flipped it for twenty-four thousand. The person who bought it for twenty-four thousand, and we can track this because that card is numbered out of ninety-seven, um, so we know exactly what number it was that was uh, that was pulled from our shop. The person that sold it for twenty-four it ended up going for sixty. The person that bought it for sixty had it graded and sold it for one hundred and ten. The person that bought it for one hundred and ten had it regraded, which again is a whole another long discussion we can have. But then that card sold for I think it was over two hundred or no, it was one hundred sixty thousand dollars, I believe. Okay, Wayne, we're we're talking again. Uh, hopefully, in the near future, this has been an absolute blast. But we're running out of time. Uh, hey, it's if if people want to get uh, a sports fan in their family, maybe something last minute here before Christmas. Your store is a great place to go browse around. Where can everybody find you? We are located uh, right across the street from West Edmonton Mall in the Westgate Shopping Center, right where the Boston Pizza and McDonald's are. Uh, it's 17020 90th Ave. Wayne, thank you so much for doing this, man. I really appreciate it. Oh, it's been a pleasure. I appreciate you having me on, Reed, and you have yourself a great Christmas and uh, best, of the, best of the year to you. You too, Wayne. That is Wayne Wagner from Wayne Sports Cards. So we got a little bit of his story of owning and operating his business. Said, oh, man, <laughs> that was so much fun. I, I had no idea that that uh, McDavid card came out of his store, and he explained how the price escalated. That's fascinating. We got to call a quick timeout. It's Inside Sports on Chet.
that was pretty fun. We did a hockey card hour here on Inside Sports. We'll have to do something like that again. We had uh, Ken Reed on the show, Gavin Bray, local collector, and Wayne Wagner from Wayne Sports Cards, who, uh, well, he's modest. I don't know if he knows everything about uh, collectible, <laughs> about card collectibles, but uh, he knows a lot, as he was sharing with us there in the last segment. That was so much fun. Okay, so uh, maybe tomorrow, maybe Wednesday, we get some Edmonton Elks news. Is it going to be Chris Jones, coach and GM? Is it going to be Ted Gavea, who's been with the Bombers as the GM? Gavea, currently the senior assistant GM, director of player personnel with the Grey Cup champs. It's uh, down to those two guys. I believe the uh, Elks board is meeting tonight or has met tonight, so they could be getting very close to a decision. I think we'll know something uh, tomorrow or Wednesday. As for the NHL, again, the only game tonight, it's now 4-2. The Stars leading the Wild with eight minutes left in the second period. Multiple reports that the league will play a couple of games tomorrow and then postpone all the games on Wednesday and Thursday, and then players come back to get tested on Boxing Day, and then they hopefully pick up the schedule on the 27th. So that's the latest with the NHL. Monday night, Minnesota 10, Chicago 3. 11 and a half left in the third quarter. Earlier, the Raiders got a field goal on the last play to upend the Browns 16-14. Dave Campbell's the producer of Inside Sports uh, on holidays this week. Hope he's having a great time with his family. Your studio producer this evening is Kellen Kennedy. My name's Reed. Thanks for listening. I'll talk to you tomorrow at 6. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad.